Hello, you are welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel for yet another powerful, sobering, and inspiring word from God. Grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick Kaluluma from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Amos chapter 8 and verse 11. We've been looking at, we're still diving really into the theme of the year, which is multiplication. And so we've been looking at what will multiply. The first thing that we looked at was boldness. That was the first thing that we looked at. The second one that we looked at was signs and wonders. And let's look at the third one today. And I'll start by showing you some of the times that we're in. You know, the way the scriptures are is that you can experience two different times at the same time. It just depends on which one you decide to be. Let me give you an example. Go to Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah 60. And I want you to read from verse 1. So, the Bible says, Arise, shine, for, the, for, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. It's gone. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. And, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Now, that means that if someone was seeing in the spirit and they saw darkness for that period, they would be correct. It also means if someone was seeing in the spirit and they saw light in that period, they would be correct. That's very interesting. So you, you might want to decide which lens you're looking with. You might want to decide who the darkness is covering. Praise God. Now, what's interesting is that when you study the scriptures, darkness, apart from the demonic, has always been associated with very little knowledge, very little revelation. And then light has always been associated with the revelation of God's word. That's why it says that, your, that the eyes of your heart being enlightened or being flooded with light. So there's always been that association. You will notice when you read from the scriptures that when darkness covered the face of the deep, things didn't know where to be. Why was the water above the trees and all those things? So I, I want you to understand the kind of period we are in. And that's why I took us to Amos chapter 8 and verse 11. Amos 8 and verse 11. So the Bible says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. 
that I will send a famine on the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Imagine that. And I want us to go to the next verse. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. If you've been very attentive, you observe that we've been seeing that happening, where people are tired of hearing from the experts who are all arguing with each other. People are tired of watching what can be very biased news sometimes. You even know if I tune to this channel, they'll be speaking for this one. If I tune to this channel, they'll be speaking against this same person. And they'll report the same story differently. Even just our newspapers here in Zambia report the same stories differently. And so depending on who you are inclined to, you will prefer a certain paper. One paper will show you you're winning, the other one will show you you've got no chance. Praise God. But what's going on, and the struggle is many people don't recognize it, is there's a famine, there's a search. People's hearts are searching for something divine, for words that are more divine. They are searching for words for, from above. You can tell, just look at all the games they're playing on social media. They're always playing the games of what does January mean? If your birthday is in June, what will happen to your character in June? What will you achieve in 2020? People are searching for something divine, something supernatural. Unfortunately, some are going into the occult because of searching some things. Some are being, they are allowing their lives to be controlled by whether they're Leo or they're whatever. You're a Christian. Praise God. <laughs> yeah, Christian, yeah. Yeah, someone who's planted by the waters, whose leaves never wither. <laughs> and you don't know when it comes. But what I'm saying is there is a search, there is a thirst. Someone would say, hey, the problem is everyone wants to flock to prophets. There's something they are searching for. They are searching for the word. Somebody is searching for something divine. And you notice that in our cultures, when things begin to happen, which people cannot explain, they search for a supernatural explanation. Haven't you noticed the first suggestions after funerals? They all want a supernatural explanation. Uh, you've not observed that? If you've not observed that, are you in Zambia? I'm talking about somebody who will be elder of a church and will say, Vow Christopher now, aside. The trouble is that they were, not, they were never taught how supernatural their vow Christo is. So people are searching for something. However, at the same time, there are other words that have been given about the Spirit. Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. Notice, at the same time, people are running to and fro. And there's a famine. They are searching, but they are not finding it. 
But at the same time, the Bible says, but you, Frederick, praise God, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro. Do you see the same many running to and fro? But this time, guess what it says? And knowledge shall increase. And if you read it from the Amplified, you, can I have the Amplified? Many shall run to and fro and search anxiously through the book a knowledge of God's purposes as revealed by his prophets shall be increased and become great. Imagine, in the same period, there are many running to and fro, searching for the word and not finding it. But at the same time, there are others who search the book. They know where to find it. So they will not search the wrong places. They know where the information is stored. And then the knowledge of it will increase. That's the period where... It so what else is God multiplying? The word. The word is multiplying. I want you to listen and I want you to listen to me well. The world has been searching for solutions. Never more so than now. People have tried to find solutions through wars, through debates, through theories. And we've come to a place where many are lacking faith. Now, I'm not talking about reduced faith. There are some in this world who have no faith. <laughs> and usually people who have no faith at all become very wicked. I'm telling you, not everyone in this world is out to protect us. Not every champion in this world has got everyone's interest at heart. It would be unscriptural to think so. If you read 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 2, you find a very interesting scripture. You see one of the products of this famine. And just, just give me the, the New King James. It says that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. Not all of them have faith. So I'm sharing with you that we are in a period of time where not all have faith. Not all believe that there is God. Before you even say, no, but Genesis says, not everyone believes there is God. And let me tell you the trouble with not having faith is that you don't have an ideology to live by. And really, what people call war, you'll notice it's a battle of ideas and a battle of ideologies. Those we call terrorists, within their camp, they are called heroes because they believe differently. And do you know why it's very difficult to fight them? Because it's very difficult to fight people who are not afraid of dying. Imagine, on the other hand, this guy is trying to save his life. On the other hand, this guy is saying, even if I lose my life, I'll be a hero. Interestingly, the people who first preached the gospel had that mindset. That's why it was difficult to deal with them. How do you deal with a person who says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain? How do you deal with a man who is stoning him and saying, I'm looking. And I see the glory of God. And Jesus at the right hand. And then you stone him another one. And then he says, forgive them. 
they don't know what they're doing. And his face starts shining. And the guy received, we are told Jesus is seated at the right hand. But this guy received a standing ovation. He saw Jesus standing. He never saw him seated. Have you noticed? <laughs> the Lord stood. <laughs> the Lord stood for that young man. What am I trying to say? We're living in a period where for many, the word, the revelation of God's word has become rare. It's become rare. That's why don't, don't get into pointless arguments with people who don't believe certain things. You observe Jesus knew when to teach and when to descend the reason why they were asking silly questions. And that's when Jesus would answer them penalties. Have you ever seen the penalties of Jesus? <laughs> <Ha>! <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want you to know that we are living in a period of time where because many don't have faith, they are finding a reason to attack those who have faith. They are finding a reason to attack those who believe the word. They are making a mockery of the things we believe. And they are not the first ones. In the book of Acts, and when you read over there in chapter 11, there was a man named Herod. Herod decided that he was going to start persecuting the Christians. And he started by persecuting a Christian named James. And he dealt with James and he killed him. When he saw that it pleased the Jews, he arrested Peter. And when you read over in Acts chapter number 12, you notice now that Peter, uh, when he was arrested, the church prayed. And when the church prayed, he experienced angelic deliverance. And then Herod began to grow more pompous in his ideas. And the people would praise him. And he thought he was the one. He thought he was a god. An angel did something to Herod in verse 23 of Acts chapter 12. Immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. But, but, let's go back to verse 23. So, this guy has been persecuting the church. It looks as if nothing is happening. He kills one, arrests the other one. The guy has to run out of, he gets released from prison. And then God says, you know what, enough is enough. And at the same period when darkness covered the land, because their great king Herod died, something happened in verse 24. One, two, three, verse 24. But! The word of God grew and Praise the Lord! The word of God grew and multiplied. Imagine that. In the same period of time, the word of God grew and multiplied. If you've studied church history, you will notice that there are certain revelations of the word that only came in what seemed like the darkest of hours when the word was rare. I'll give you an example. 
If you've studied some of the people who were commonly called the healing evangelists, you study the likes of, let's say, F.F. Bosworth, or perhaps people like John G. Lake, you notice that John G. Lake is best remembered for healing miracles that took place at the time of the pandemic. Then you'll notice that John G. Lake, uh, was it in Chicago, which was declared the healthiest city because he was there. The mayor even gave him a key to the city. You'll notice that for many of them, that is when revelation hit. That is when revelation hit. There's a man named Dawi. For Dawi, how revelation hit was very interesting. The man was pastoring in Australia, down under. And as he was pastoring that side, he kept on losing members, kept on losing members. So he received a call that one of his members was about to die. So he went there and found the doctor. But he had been getting angry in his spirit. It had been frustrating him. And when he found the doctor, the doctor looked at him and said, the Lord works in mysterious ways, eh? But then a word was burning in his spirit. And the word that was burning was how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. And how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. And he said, this is not the Lord. That word sprang up like light. And that began his healing ministry. Listen to me. The revelation of God, the word, is growing and multiplying. The word is growing and multiplying. A thousand times more. I don't know if somebody is getting my point. And it's interesting that in periods like this, you will notice the word of God multiplying in the area of faith. You will notice the word of God multiplying in the area of health. You will notice the word of God multiplying in the area of miracles. The word of God is growing and multiplying. And remember I told you that it's, 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 it's a very interesting distinction. Because for some, they experience in the darkness. Others are experiencing the light. This distinction, Jesus showed it in the scriptures. When you read in Mark chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13, verse 10. And I want you to see this. And once you understand this, you understand why we believe the way we believe. But it also, it also shows you why we should preach the way we preach. Because when we preach to a person, we give them an opportunity to switch from darkness to light. So Matthew 13, I want us to see this from verse 10. The disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Imagine, for them, everything we do is a parable. He says, why do you speak to them in parables? Why can't the word just come down from heaven saying, I am God? Why? Why does he use signs and wonders? Why does he speak to them in parables? Look at this. He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it's not been given. It's just not been given. And when you read the next verse, let's continue. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Uh -huh. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled 
which says, hearing you hear and shall not understand, and seeing you see and not perceive. For the hearts of these people have grown down, and their ears are hard of hearing. Don't let this happen to you, where the word of God can't move you anymore. Don't let this happen to you. Don't let your heart become dull. It can. Don't let this happen to you. Where your heart knows more of the cases than it knows the scriptures. Don't let this happen to you. Where your mind is flooded with statistics but not flooded with light. Don't let this happen to you. It says, for the hearts of these people have grown down, and their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. So when this light comes, when this understanding comes, what's one of the biggest things we'll see? Healing. Praise God. Don't let this happen to you. Next verse. Hey. I love the word of God. But blessed are your eyes for they see. Hey. No, 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 no. Uh-uh, uh-uh. You can't tell me this doesn't move you. Are you seeing what the Lord has blessed? The Bible says, but blessed are your eyes for they see. Blessed are your ears for they hear. Next verse. Uh-huh. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it. And to hear what you hear and did not hear it. That's why not everything in the Old Testament appeals to the new creation. Some of them are there to show you what you were, not who you are. I'm telling you. Because there are certain things they desired to see that they didn't see. It. They saw it in a parable. But blessed are your eyes. Somebody say, blessed are my eyes. Because they see. And blessed are my ears. <laughs> because they hear. Praise God. Somebody praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I want us to understand that the word of God is growing and multiplying. The word of God is growing and multiplying. And the environment is very suitable for the word of God to grow. Now, somebody may ask, Apostle, when you say the word of God is increasing, what do you mean? Do you mean like one day I'll open the Bible and find itself 66 books are 75? Now, what has happened? The word of God has increased. Praise God. No, what this means is the revelation of God's word is increasing. Someone may be asking, that word revelation, what is it? Revelation is where you've got insight. You've got a deeper understanding. It's increasing. It's increasing. And God is not going to be picky with it. I'm telling you, he will give more revelations to 15-year-olds if they're the ones who are hungry. He will give more revelation to 10-year-olds if they are the ones who are hungry. I don't know about you, but if he's giving revelation to 10-year-olds, I'm 10. 
He's giving it to those who are willing. He's giving it to those who honor. He's giving it to those who are committed. And let me show you some more results of the word of God increasing. Acts chapter 19. Give me verse 19. Acts 19 and verse 19. Somebody say glory to God. Say it one more time. Acts 19 and verse 19. The Bible says, And many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. Mass repentance, eh? And they counted the value of them. It totaled to 50,000 pieces of silver. Next verse. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. The word of God doesn't just grow, it prevails. So listen, I don't know, you may be telling me, Apostle, you don't know what's been going on. There's been this thing growing in my body. We checked it three months ago, it was small. We've checked it again, it has grown. They are telling me three months from now it will grow bigger. <laughs> I know something else that's growing within you. Keep listening to these sermons. Keep meditating on these words. The word is a seed. <laughs> Praise God. I know something else that is growing within you. Something bigger. Something bigger. Somebody praise God. You know where I'm taking you, eh? Praise God. Give me Matthew chapter 13. Verse 31. Another parable he put forth to them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. You understand this further because when we're doing the establishment class, which was starting in February, that's why by February, ensure you're part of the church platforms because the establishment class will be done on the online platforms because we'll have to do it about three or four days a week. The first topic is take heed what you hear. And we'll go in details about these things. But look at what it says about the kingdom of God being like a mustard seed. It says, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown... It is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. It outgrows. It prevails. Come on, see with the eyes of the spirit. That thing has been growing for three months. There's something else that has been growing. And there's something else that has been growing. It, it, it's very jealous. That, the, the other one that's been growing is very, very jealous. It doesn't share. It doesn't share temples. No, 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 no. It doesn't share. Praise God. It's prevailing. So the word of God increases. I mean, that revelation of wealth that you've been having is growing. And then the trouble is that you keep confessing it. It's not going to share you with unemployment. No, no, no. It's not going to share you with a bad business. There is something about it. It grows and prevails. So the word of God is growing. The word of God is prevailing. So somebody may ask, Apostle, what's the secret? The secret is we need you to purchase the word. 
We need you to buy it. Some of us are agreeing, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Remember when there's a famine, you have to find where you can buy food. But he said there'll be a famine of the word. So the secret is go buy the word. Someone is saying, Apostle, you're right. I'm going to go buy a Bible immediately after this. Yes, you need to buy a Bible if you don't have one. Even if it means you have to sell your shoe. Go buy a Bible. But that's not what I'm talking about. Proverbs 23, verse 23. Here's what you need to do. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. It says, buy the truth. Ask your neighbor, how much do you have? Yeah, let, let, let's hear some of the prices. We've been told the secret. Buy it. So some of us may need to go ask for a salary advance. We've got some truth to buy. <laughs> Isaiah 55 and verse 1. I love the scriptures because the scriptures answer the scriptures. Hey. Ho! Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Man shall not live by bread alone. Yes. yes, come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Yes. How do you buy the truth? You buy it with honor. You buy it with your thirst. You buy it with your hunger. You buy it with your attendance. You buy it, you buy it. Listen, there is a message I was listening to. Last night, around 20, 22, 20, somewhere around 22. Now, I had a busy day. And with service coming up today, the, most, the best option would have been to sleep. And so I thought, let me listen to just five minutes of this message. Hey. And I was, I was listening to my pastor. Because I don't... I don't listen to many people. I, I love to have a consistent, a consistent direction. I might get confused with a mixed message. Because today I might hear that I'm healthy. And tomorrow I might hear that I am not. So I like to have a consistent message. I, one day I might hear that I'm free. And the next day I might hear I need to be free every day. So, I was listening to a sermon, and as I listened, my God, I was so stirred up, I called for a prayer meeting. I think I posted it in the church groups. And 50 of you also came online. And I thought we'd pray for like five minutes. We prayed up to like around midnight somewhere there. What were you doing? You were buying the truth. Buying it with your time. Buying it with your honor. Now think about it. Somebody right now has stayed home in the name of lockdown and has scrolled through every sermon and has settled for a page with memes. And they're spending, and they're spending the whole Sunday liking and sharing memes. And then 
they expect to have the same caliber of the word as that other person who's joined us online. That one there, I don't know if you can see them. The one who's put everything aside. They're not even watching the same one in pajamas. They ironed clothes. I don't know if you're getting my point. When we were singing, they put speak and also started yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if you're getting my point. And some, some who are watching us may not even be in the best of state physically. But they've gotten that book and they've gotten that pen. And they're writing the word. Their, their, their hand may be shaking a bit, but they're saying the word is multiplying. Do you know what's happening in their bodies right now? Something is multiplying more than cells. Praise God. Somebody say the word is multiplying. And so the key is to place value on the word. It's to place honor on the word. I'll give you an example. Next month, and I've been talking about this a lot because I know this kind of substance that's there. Next month, we're having our establishment classes. And it's funny because this, this version of the classes, we're having them online, like I said. It's funny how if a person is told they will have online exams, they will find a way. They will find a way. If they don't have a device, they'll borrow. If they can't borrow, they'll buy. If they can't buy, they'll watch from their friends. How far are you willing to go to get established in the world? You know the level that we must be at? We must be at a place where the place that we must be at is where when we're having that meeting, we should, within five minutes, the capacity should have been full. We should be competing. What am I trying to say? The word is going to have to take a certain level of investment. You're going to have to invest in the word. Think about it. For five months, you're visiting, I don't know how many ministries. Even here, just passing through. You've not yet settled. Are you taking the word of God seriously? Because the word of God needs you to settle. You can't have every person as your lecturer at the same time. No, I know you're a good lecturer, but today I just need to hear economics. I hear the lecturer lecture as well. My friend, you're studying law. <laughs> There's a certain level of focus. There's a certain level of commitment. And you notice scripturally that you have to be committed to the place God assigns for you. Praise God. So that's the kind of investment that's needed. There's also need for an investment in prayer. Because we're told in Ephesians, chapter number one, let's see verse 16. How many of you have heard of a man of God named Kenneth Hagin? Kenneth Hagin had a certain discipline. Uh, when he was pastoring a certain church, he used to leave his Bible by the altar. And every day, he would pray this scripture over himself. 
which says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant unto you the spirit of Sophia and Apocalypsis, right? That he may grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the epignosis of him. Praise God. <laughs> that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of, his, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And it goes on and on and on and on. But he noticed that after he, pr he prayed this maybe even a thousand times, he was constantly praying it. Constantly praying it. And after some time, he just noticed revelation would increase. He would be preaching, and suddenly he's got deeper insight into those matters. And that's also the period he said, having visitations with the Lord Jesus. You're going to have to buy the truth, even with your prayer time. Pray for greater revelation. That's an apostolic prayer. Pray for greater revelation of God's word. In this period of time, you need to know God's word. Imagine how much honor we give to our schools that you can attend every day. Even if they say, we are learning on Sunday. And the whole class, oh, we, oh, we. you learn alone. <laughs> Come on Sunday. <laughs> the one who was shouting the most. <laughs> Find is the first one with like a book. <laughs> hey, this lecture has performed excel. <laughs> That was for the kids. <laughs> but is somebody getting my point? So the word of God is growing. The word of God is multiplying. And remember another secret to the word of God multiplying is that you need to pay attention. I had a dream once. And that dream came when I was doing the mountains series. And in that dream, I was sharing the word of God in church. And as I was sharing the word, people started getting very busy with other things. This one is doing this, this one is doing that. And then I noticed that I just kept quiet. And now I was so frustrated in the dream because the stuff I was sharing till now I've never heard before. It was on Abel. There was a revelation about Abel. Then I heard him tell them to pay attention and I'll release more of my word. So I remember I came to church that day and I did I did a skit, and some people didn't get it. That day what I did is I started sharing the exact things from the dream, and I ended where I got disturbed, and I asked someone to give me a phone call. And so my phone rang, and I answered, and I said, talking. And everyone was wondering, what's gotten into pastor today? And I looked at them, and I asked them a question, saying, how did you feel when I answered the call while, while preaching? They didn't seem very comfortable. And I asked, what's the difference? Why should I put my phone aside when preaching, but you can't put yours when listening? Why should I place value on teaching you, but you can't place value on hearing the word? Not, honestly, unless maybe you're a doctor and you're on call, and it's absolutely necessary. I've never found a reason why someone can walk out to answer your phone call. To say what? Where is your reverence for God's word? Why are they even calling you when it's time for church? You didn't post the flyer. They didn't know. No, unless it's a serious emergency of which we are very understanding. I have never found a reason. I've never found a reason why someone can't hold it when it's time to hear God's word. Have you ever heard me say, oh, guys, uh, give me a minute. I just need to take a walk. No, uh, uh, no let's, let's be honest about it. When have you ever seen me preaching to you and 
while preaching, I have to take a walk because I really just need to go. Am I, is the stuff I'm talking about too raw? I, I'm just saying, we put a lot of effort to share the word of God with you. How much effort do you put to receive? How much effort do you put to understand it? Have you ever read the parable of the sower? You will see it and take it what you hear. In the parable of the sower, the Bible says the one who uh, the seeds were sown on, is it rocky ground? Is he who heard the word and didn't understand it? Meaning, in the parable of the sower, the, the person is blamed for not understanding the word. It means they never put effort. If you are wondering whether it's only in the kingdom why we blame for not understanding the word, if the seed is good, try to take a look at the schools. They teach you the same stuff, and after they've taught you the same stuff, what do they do? Others will be put on fail, and others will be put on pass. What are they doing? They're studying whether you've understood the word or not. So I don't know if you're getting my point. The word of God is multiplying, but how much are you willing to put in it? How much effort are you willing to put? How much investment are you willing to put? How willing are you? How hungry are you? Is there anyone in this church who's hungry? Can I show you just one or two more scriptures as I end? There are just a few scriptures that came to light as I was thinking about the results of the word of God multiplying. Hebrews 6, 5. These, I'll just read them. Because right now I'm just sharing with you. Hebrews 6, 5. Who have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. May this be said about you. That you've tasted the good word of God. Praise God. How many here can say they've eaten a delicious meal before? Now imagine you're being told, they're describing certain people. And these people, when they're describing them, they say, who have tested of the good word. They know how the word is. Jeremiah 15 verse let's have Psalm, one, Psalm 119 verse 103. May we experience this in Jesus' name. Psalm 119 verse 103. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. How sweet are your words. And if you read a few verses later, over there in verse 105, he then says something very interesting. He says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. With the word of God, will never be without direction. And I want us to see another verse concerning the word. Jeremiah 15, verse 16. Is somebody being blessed? Jeremiah 15, verse 16. Your words were found and I ate them. <laughs> and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. By the way, Jeremiah lived in a period when people didn't believe the word of God. And they would persecute those who had it. But look at what he says. He says, your words... Hey, I don't know if I... Is someone catching this? He says, your words were found and I ate them. I gobbled. Hey, <laughs> I... Let's have one last one. Ezekiel, chapter number 3, verse 1 to 3. Moreover, he said to me, son of man, eat what you find. Eat this scroll. Why, why am I sharing all this? Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. 
He wants you to eat, like as in eat, eat. Have you ever watched an eating competition? Do you know the legend Mwenenshima? <laughs> you must become the Mwenenshima in the spiritual realm. <laughs> I don't know if somebody is getting my point. Where in heaven when they are discussing, they should say there is that guy who gobbles. <laughs> That guy who, who <laughs> when it comes to the word of God, there is nothing like glutton. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting my point. As in, he said, son of man, eat what you find. Eat this scroll. My friend, get this book. Okay, I know I'm using a digital one. Praise God. <laughs> this book, eat it. Eat it. As in, eat it. Like, uh, eat it. There is nothing like, no, imagine someone came and said, are you eating today? No, I, I'm not eating for the next three days because I've got exams. I, I don't hear people saying that. That's when they even eat more. No, I need energy for writing the exams. Nanga, that yogurt for dessert. No, you see, when writing exams, yogurt contains carbohydrates. And those carbohydrates, shan, shan. I don't know if you're getting my point. My friend, when you're carrying revival, you need to eat. <laughs> Praise God. And I don't know about you. Is there anyone in here who is pregnant with destiny? A pregnant person doesn't eat for one. <laughs> hey! Hey! He said, so moreover, he said to me, son of man, eat what you find. Eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. Next verse. So I opened my mouth and he caused me. Listen, your role is to open your mouth. <laughs> so I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that scroll. Next verse. And he said to me, son of man, feed your belly, fill your stomach with this scroll that I give you. So I ate, and it was in my mouth like honey in sweetness. What was this? This was the word of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I sense a glorious hunger. Am I the only one who senses that? Where I don't know about you, I don't want to just have particles. I don't just want to have tastes. There is a there is a command we are given. Look at Colossians three verse sixteen. I sense a glorious hunger. Somebody say glorious, glorious, glorious hunger. Colossians three verse sixteen. Hey, you know why sometimes we've had people who've experienced the supernatural, but they've not grown? It's because we've had people whose hunger has taken them to the mountains, but has never taken them to the Bible. Listen, the spiritual realm is there and can be accessed by many means. I'm telling you, if all you do is go to the mountains and you don't get the scriptures. You become a spiritualist. No, if all you do is cast out devils, 
You know nothing from the scriptures. And interesting, your information comes from your discussions with devils. No difference with Babankuru. No difference. Because it means you're a spiritualist. You've learned how to interact with spirituals. Praise God. For us even singing, we don't sing anyhow. No, I can show you. I was showing the praise team. We'll come back to Colossians 3. I was showing them in the morning, right? I think I sent you a message at almost, almost 01. Psalm 47 verse 6. Psalm 47 verse 6. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. If anyone was not singing today. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. The word sing there is mentioned four times, guys. No, 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 no. You cannot be singing. And the advantage with singing in the crowd is that there's a voice for everyone. There's a key for everyone. Next verse. For God is king of all earth. Look at that last part. Sing praises with understanding. Imagine that. Praise God. Imagine, there are people who don't sing with understanding. You ask them to praise God. They'll just sing whatever feels good. So they'll just go in the room and start, God, I've come here to praise you. Satana musa musia chon This is for you, Lord. Satana musa musia chon Are like, hey, <laughs> maybe don't go to that one. <laughs> and the guy walks out saying, I'm from praising God. But listen, here is what God is commanding of us. I don't know about you, I don't know if there's somebody here who just wants to have particles and just a little part because you know, even the word of God is in levels. We are shown, for example, that there's milk, there's strong meat. And strong meat is for the mature. Meaning get as much milk as you can. Milk will make your teeth strong so that you can eat strong meat. Get it? It says, desire the earnest. And you know what's interesting? Babies grow fast. Give them the right nutrients. They grow fast. There are people who've joined this church one month later. The caliber. Because they decided to be hungry. They, uh, spiritual maturity is a choice. It's a choice. Colossians 3.16, we're ending with this one. Hey! 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 When we read this one, you understand why. Hey! Why we can't stop singing, you know? Why we can't stop why, why, why we can't stop having melodies and just singing to the Lord? Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Stop there. Hey. 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 
Hey. <laughs> it's one thing to put sugar in water. It's another thing to put it richly. <laughs> My friend, <laughs> have you ever been there? Have you, have you ever seen when people share one, one tea bag? that one is just mental it's just for you to mentally think you're having tea when seriously you're just having seniors ago right one tea bag unless the first person why because it doesn't mix with the water richly I don't know if you're getting my point but then there are those (laughs) hey it says the word of Christ and it's interesting that this admonition is given to you you are the one with the mandate to let the word of God dwell in your rich how do we know because if you read in John 15 he says if you abide in me and my words abide in you it's you to give the word of God a home and my words and then you know what happens when it's in you it grows it grows. It multiplies quicker than a cell. In case you've seen videos of viruses multiplying, my friend, the word of God, the word of God, <laughs> the word of God, the word of God is the senior multiplier. I don't know if you're getting my point. The word of God multiplies. It uproots. It grows. The, we are told it grows bigger than any herb. That's why no matter how many courses I study, they can never reach the height that the word of God has reached. It's too high. It outgrows. So it says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. And then what's the product? Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So, Is there anyone here who's saying, Pastor, I've made a decision. The word of God is multiplying within me. Interestingly, hunger, I I can't pray for you to have hunger. But you know what I can pray for? I can pray for you that the Father of glory may grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That being that your hearts may be enlightened, that they may be flooded with light, that you may be able to see, hey, that you may be able to know beyond knowledge. He said, Son of man, take the scroll and eat. He says, Son of man, take the scroll and eat. God brings understanding to the simple. There's somebody who's saying, but apostle, there are certain things I can't do. I'm too simple. The word of God brings understanding to the simple. The word of God brings understanding to the simple. I see certain people who are counted out. They were counted out. They've never really been counted that this one can be a giant in the faith. But I see the word of God bringing understanding to these people. I see people becoming giants in the faith. Hey. 
giants in the faith. I see giants in the faith. Giants in the faith. Giants in the faith. The Lord is raising giants in the faith. People who take the word of God as it is. I hear for some of us it will be said that the word of God has grabbed a hold of that one. Where the word of God has grabbed a hold of you. Lord, your word, your word, oh, your word. Take me three keys lower. Another two keys lower. Just lift your hands. The Lord is doing something in your lives. Do you remember that old song? It goes like this. Jesus. Jesus. And holy end. Anointed one, Jesus. Sing, Jesus, Jesus. Sing, Jesus, Jesus. Risen and exalted one. You're the reason and exalted one, Jesus. Oh, your word is like honey on my lips, and your spirit like water to so your word is a lamp and to my feet Jesus I love you I love you one more time your name is like honey on my lips your spirit the Lord respond to your hunger. To you it's been given to know the mysteries. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. You may take your seats. I would like to request if there is anyone who's watching or anyone who's in the auditorium right now.
who's saying, Apostle, I want to give my life to the Lord. Now, here's, here's something. I would like you to ask yourself the question, am I born again? Am I making it to heaven? If the Lord Jesus came today, am I making it? If the answer is no, or if the answer is maybe, and there's a question mark there. And Peter tells us, make your election sure. Someone may say, how do I get born again? It's very simple. The word of God is preached to you and you respond to it. And it's a response by faith. And faith involves believing with your heart and confessing with your mouth. So I want to give somebody an opportunity to join this family, to join the kingdom of God. And so if you're one of those people who's saying, I would like to give my life to the Lord, I want you to raise your hand. We'll train you. We'll equip you. We'll grow you. Let me give it a minute. Is there anyone who's saying they want to give their life to the Lord? I want you to say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as my Lord. And from this day forth, I'm born again. Now I pray for you in the name of Jesus. I pray for you. Your growth is quick. Your growth is quick. I pray may the Spirit of God fill you in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Congratulations. Congratulations. Let's say the grace as I bless you. In Jesus' name, you're blessed. In Jesus' name, you're walking in good health. In Jesus' name, you're enjoying the best of God. Even as you've tasted the goodness of God's word, it's working for you. In the name of Jesus, anything that is not of the Lord is uprooted. Your body is walking in health. In the name of Jesus, I speak favor upon you even in the area of finances. In the name of Jesus. I pray over your families. I pray a shield over your families. I decree and declare no death in your families. In Jesus' name. They are all preserved and they are blessed. We may say the grace. The amazing grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The extravagant love of God and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord. been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 
If you are unable to call, you can email us on the city of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.